This is District Sentinel Radio, that loud newscast on the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. We're in the intern. Nate is not a worker studios in Washington, D.C. And we have an interview lined up for you today. Since we're in D.C., so you don't have to be, we're not in New York to know about what's going on with the primary elections set for next week. So we chatted about it with the host of the Katie Halper Show, Katie Halper. Katie, we're having a really hard time keeping track of all the dirt being thrown at Julia Salazar. Uh, it's it's uh, obviously an important race, but it's New York State Senate. We usually cover uh, federal stuff. So I was wondering if you could bring us up to speed on, uh, on, on all the shenanigans going on in Julia's race. Unfortunately, I don't think I can because literally by the time you release this slash by the time uh, uh, right now, I, I can't possibly be up to date with it because the smears are just like so ever um, they're just popping up all over and they're more and more ridiculous. So I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that I can't keep up with them. But there, I mean, it's in terms of the actual race, it's it's a it's a really good testament to to, Sal, to Julia. And full disclosure, she's a friend of mine. Um, I'm a member of the DSA, and um, she used to be a producer on the Katie Halper show for a stint. So I just have to, you know, as as a as a serious journalist that I am, I have to reveal that. Yeah. But um, I do think it's a it's a good testament to her campaign and her kind of where she is on the issues. The fact that there hasn't really been any engagement in the substance of her campaign or her positions. Um, the only thing that her opponent, Martin Dilan, is doing, who's this like very machine politician, he's, uh, I think, uh, he's running for his ninth term. Uh, and he was a city councilman before he was a state senator. <laughs> Excuse me. The only thing he's doing is going after her biography. Um, saying that she I mean the guy tried really hard to get her off the ballot and he had to keep he kept appealing so wasted a lot of time and money and paperwork um she's finally on the ballot I feel like it was like a day before the the election um I mean I'm exaggerating but it took a long time for her to get through all of his ridiculous appeals which had like absolutely no standing and um you know, he can't engage with her on the issue. So he, he says that she lives in luxury housing, which just isn't true. Um, and he just, you know, he, he lies like on television. And I guess it's kind of naive of me to think to find any of this surprising. But um, it is still a little bit, if, if not surprising, it's kind of infuriating. Well, one of the attacks on her is that she might not be genuine in her beliefs. And they cite her past in which right. she held different political beliefs. And like all of us have you know, gone through life and formed our political beliefs and maybe believed in different things at different times. I used to work yeah. on the, I used to work on the Hill for a, a blue dog member of Congress. Not that I necessarily agree with those politics, but I was okay. entertaining space more space moderate, moderate ideas than I do now, but that's right. it. The Sentinel's over. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Can you, can you As, cut that out? So I'm not on the record uh, <laughs> condoning that, condoning that blue dog enabling. Can't look, believe I'm look, in the look, same room as this. Look, fucking I paid, I paid right my now. dues for a couple of years at RT afterwards. Yeah, so. exactly right. <laughs> I love that. This is the show where it's like, it's not that you are on RT. Like that's the redeeming thing yeah. everywhere else. Yeah, that's how we roll. Circle, it's like the damning thing is RT. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> that was that was another story about Julia, right? That she oh, hung out. Yeah, with, she partied uh, with uh, with with Max Blumenthal. Oh my God, I know it's really funny. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, 
I, I think that actually one of the, you know, I'm a big, I've been a big Hillary. I know that race is over, but as uh, someone who is a big outspoken critic of Hillary Clinton, one of the, the attacks on her I always thought was really stupid was the Goldwater girl attack. Because yeah. I actually think, you know, speaking to what you were just saying about political evolutions, um, you know, I can't take credit for being the leftist that I am. If I wanted to rebel, I would be conservative um, or I guess at least a neolib. And um, I was raised by lefties, and that's all good and great, but it was pretty easy for me. And I actually really admire people like Julia um, who have come to their politics on their own. And I only think that the fact that she changed on these things and evolved on these things is a testament to her kind of strength and um, independent thinking and her values. Again, like coming to those on your own is pretty impressive. Yeah, she came, I, I, I like, guess that was my question. It was going to be as someone who knows her, does it seem yeah. like it has been an authentic journey for her. Oh yeah. I mean, I only knew her. I, once I, I knew her in her present, you know, when she had arrived at her present, um, political orientation. So I've only known her as a, as a leftist and, uh, you know, big critic of Israel, Israeli policy, a feminist, uh, pro-choicer, um, very into kind of Jewish identity, uh, in a non-religious way. Um, and yes, she does. It strikes me as, you know, there's nothing uh, incoherent or uh, about her beliefs or, or kind of they don't strike me as forced. There are some people who, you know, it's cool and I don't want to sound like an old like bitter, bitter socialist or something. But there are some people who you're like, OK, this is great. You, you put your you found the formula. It's a cool thing to be a socialist in certain circles. That's good. And I'm not. And of course, I'm happy. There's like a little bit of an annoying OG socialist thing that I have going on, but Julia is not really one of those people because she's actually like paid the you know she's like done the the work the pavement pounding work, volunteering for Debbie Medina. She's really involved in DSA. She you know was in a Jacobin reading group. I think that that and the Debbie Medina campaign were the gateway drugs. Yeah, yeah, I've I've uh, I <laughs> I don't want to get too caught in the 2016 weeds here, but I I, I just want to say that I saw the Goldwater girl stuff being used mostly against Hillary supporters who were who were tweeting stuff claiming that uh, Bernie's activism in the 60s was inauthentic. And, yeah, and the the repost yeah, right. the like repost was as well. <laughs> If that's your attitude, I have bad right. news about what Hillary uh, was up to around the same yeah. time. But you're I, right. But I, Katie, some you, of it was just schmucks doing the, like unhinged people who would call her a shill at every turn, just like ineffective stuff. But anyway, no, no, um, no. And and, and you're right. And, and you're a lot right. of it was justified because it was a question of consistency and double standards. Right. But you're also yeah. right. And let I don't mean to have a you're right contest. Okay, you're here. both fucking right. Let's uh, go. Yeah. OK. But yeah, you're you're right that uh, people who uh, have conservative parents and go to leftism or move left, that's that's good. And uh, yeah. And, can and, we move the fuck on already? We can move the fuck on. I want to move on. Can we to evolve just like we're <laughs> Praising people for evolving politically. Yeah. Has there ever been this much investigative reporting on a New York Senate seat? And what do you suspect is it's like what percentage do you think is being fed by opposition research here to to these investigative journalists or these journalists who somehow have shown so much interest now in investigating a single New York Senate seat? Yeah, it's right. not even someone who holds the seat yet. It's like right. someone who's or running. Campaign. Campaign. Yeah, right. I mean, to be fair, I want to give credit where credit's due. And Armin Rosen, who wrote the piece, the, the hit piece on her in Tablet, I think is a pretty odious, uh, disgusting person on in his own right. So I don't want to give full credit to that. 
um, for that to uh, the Delon campaign. And, you know, as I think you've tweeted about this, Sam yes. uh, Knight, and, you know, he Julia is in good company because uh, he's also smeared Keith Ellison. So I think that's an endorsement. If I were Julia, I would like actually put that on my website as an endorsement, like smeared by by Islamophobe who also attacked Keith Ellison. Yeah. But clearly there's some behind the scenes feeding stuff to journalists by the Dillon campaign, because again, why is this such a, I mean, it's just like one thing after another and there's such minor details. And what's so frustrating is that all these journalists, some of whom are like kind of good, normal people. I know some of them, like, why are they focusing on these biographical details, some of which are like whether or not she's really working class and what's the definition of working class versus middle class. But why aren't they looking at the dishonesty of the guy who actually has a record? Like, why aren't they looking into this guy, Dillon, who says he has a perfect voting record on housing? He himself contradicts that. He himself expresses regret over his own vote. Like, he publicly says he made a mistake on a vote in the 90s. Um, of course, the irony is that when he had a chance to uh, vote against it, he took a walk. He was, like, absent during the walk. <laughs> a walkabout absent during the vote so it, it's both the wrong vote but he actually doesn't care about fixing it but you can't say that you regret something and then say you have a perfect voting record right so that's just one example of an actual issue something that affects people that you know people may want to be talking about instead of quibbling over um whether julia is the daughter of immigrants versus an actual immigrant We'll move on in a sec, but I just also wanted to note on Armin Rosen, he's also attacked Mondo Weiss uh, right, as, as anti-Semitic, and it's it's right. a website full of Jews criticizing right. Israel. So right. that's which is the most one of the proudest Jewish traditions, I might add. And, and full disclosure, I have uh, had stuff published on Mondo Weiss, and also as you said, you're a DSA member. I'm a DSA member. I have not had anything published on Mondo Weiss. Step it the fuck up. Right. So yeah. let's talk seriously between that and the Blue Dogs, Sam. <laughs> I know. What's going on? Let's, let's talk about the headline event in New York, uh, the gubernatorial race. Yeah. We had the uh, debate recently between Cynthia Nixon and Andrew Cuomo. And look, we she's losing in the polls considerably, but we can't really put too much faith in polls, especially after a lot of the results we've seen right. elsewhere. A lot of young people are getting involved in the first time voters getting involved in the process. A lot of people don't have landlines, which are a reason why uh, these these polls seem so skewed. What's your sense as someone who is in New York? And I know on you're the, in New York City. Streets. Yeah, know, on the yeah. streets. Does, and I got the native rate, born and raised. I got that New York dark. Um, well, I guess I, I guess you yeah. have connection outside the city as well to the state, so you're on both sides. Yes. Um, Does my, she have you a mean chance? My parents' uh, country house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is probably a place where she's not going to do that well. Uh, it's interesting. I do. My parents have a place um, near the Pennsylvania border uh, in New York, and it's funny because there are some people here. There are the kind of figures who would have voted for Sanders and Trump. Um, which we can get into later or another time because I know 2016 is over, but it, it is still a very relevant, I think, kind of question about how we win. But uh, I don't think here is going to, you know, I don't think a Sex in the City star here will do well. I do think she's um, exciting the the base in, like, the real progressive base or the, the base that's kind of more 
liberal and sick of politics um, as opposed to kind of, you know, just sick of politics in general, if that makes any sense. Um, I think, you know, in New York City, um, I think that the thing about Cuomo is that he's he's so bad, but it's kind of on a subtle level. Like people don't really get why he's so bad. And that part of that is because the way, you know, state government works is kind of boring and nitty gritty. And um, there's a lot about budget. And as he himself said, you know, I couldn't believe he said this. He actually said during the debate that the job of the governor of New York isn't it's not about politics. It's not about advocacy. It's about doing it's about management. So he's like running as a manager. Um, but I do think that people are excited by her campaign. I, I, I should say that, like, I thought she was better than Cuomo. I always thought she was better than Cuomo. I thought she was cool. I liked that she had activism experience before this. Um, because of her, I, I basically saw her on Twitter and in, and in quotes, and I wasn't that impressed. They just felt felt a little, like, pat. Um, but when I, I thought she did an amazing job on the debate. And I thought she was... I thought she did well, too. She was, like, fearless. She called him out on stuff. I mean, the very worst, the very worst that can happen is that she really exposed a lot of um, Cuomo stuff. And she, I think, I mean, I'm still hoping she'll win. Um, but at the very least, she, you know, exposed a lot of problems. She definitely moved into the left. I think she inspires other people um, to take on the establishment, to take on Cuomo. Then, of course, there's Zephyr Teachout, another election. Um, I bring her up because she... Uh, ran against Cuomo for governor and came much closer than anyone thought and um, really hoping that she wins the the attorney general race. But, um, you know, what for me, of course, one of the most interesting phenomena to observe around the Cynthia Nixon stuff is the hypocrisy when it comes to identity politics. So you have um, the hate percent, as you call it, uh, <laughs> as I, I learned from you guys, I learned from watching you, the hate percent, you know, attacks uh, Casio Cortez for the crime of stumping, of endorsing a straight white man. Um, and the, the deduction from that is that she's a self-loathing, um, woman and self-loathing Latina. Um, when Hillary Clinton endorses, uh, Donald, uh, whoops, Freudian slip. When she endorses Andrew Cuomo, the straight white dude over the lesbian woman who is Cynthia Nixon, that's fine. Um, there's just, it really, I think it's highlighting the lack of coherence and consistency around the identity politics, the shallow identity politics argument that's been weaponized and used, um, to kind of to punch left. And it's one of the best things is when people who are, who are doing that, they'll turn around and be like, oh, well, are you going to support this person of color over this white person? Yeah. Didn't think so. It's like, yeah, but that's our, our whole thing is that on the left, we're like policy before identity. And this is kind of basic, but I kind of think it's worth just uh, clarifying. Like the standard is all things being equal. If all, if the politicians are the same, identical policy wise, of course you support the person who's from the underrepresented group, right? Yes. Like that's a no brainer. But the issue is when you have different policies, especially when the policies are policies that affect people of color and women, LGBTQ people disproportionately, which is basically every single issue even when there are, I mean, especially economic issues, it's not just target, you know, targeted issues. Um, then the more important thing is the policy. It's, it's just so it's a, it's such a non, a no brainer. It's and some uh, people yeah, it's neo neoliberal identity politics. And, uh, I, I might be showing my age here, but 
neoliberalism is like the honey badger. It don't care. Uh, yeah. It, don't give a shit. Don't, don't give yeah. a shit. I, yeah. You, I, I got to wonder, uh, how, I know this is a bit of, of an unscientific question, but yeah. I, when Ocasio-Cortez was... Uh, when yes, she, if when, you're asking if it was because she came on my show that she won, yes, I, I agree. <laughs> okay. She you, came you, on our show, yours, too. And yours, and, and, I know, you, you, you did got, your show before mine. Nailed us, nailed us. No, no, no. I, I was going to say it didn't feel like a huge upset to me when when she won because i'd heard so much about her ground game being yeah. outstanding and i was wondering if yeah. how does nixon's ground game uh look it looks good um it's like it looks good. It's such an unscientific response for me <laughs> i mean i think what nixon has um doesn't have going for her is she doesn't have the kind of insurgent um like bootstrap story she doesn't have the insurgent outsider story she's a political outsider but she's seen as like a hollywood elite and i think it's a little unfair just because um that actually goes back into the identity and biography again like she's been working for education she's been working for lgbtq rights but education was really her thing for a while um and you know being privileged doesn't per se make you an ineffective advocate um, the question is who you're representing and, you know, Nixon definitely doesn't have the, um, corrupt connections with people who, um, would lead her to be a bad governor. And I think, you know, this comes, there's actually a lot of overlap with the Julia stuff and the Cynthia Nixon stuff in that there's a real preference, um, for the known entity, even when the known entity sucks. And it's just a real embrace of status quo. And, this embrace of technocracy and like management. And that's just not how you excite people. And it's not how you get things done. Like you don't have to be a good governor or an administrator. You have to be a good, um, inspiring person and a smart person. And then you have other people in your administration do all the, the kind of nitty gritty stuff. I think, um, you know, Obama wasn't like people who like both Obama and Hillary would say this, like she's the real administrator. He wasn't that good. Now, we don't love Obama necessarily, but he got his stuff done. He just, you know, I mean, made some bad appointments, obviously. But there's kind of this myth that people who don't have enough experience are going to get in there and not know what they're doing. And like the government's going to fall apart or shut down. But that doesn't really happen. No. Yeah. If if anything, Obama's administration skills uh, fell short in that he let Hillary Clinton into his administration to begin with. He should have 86 after 2008. What a fucking disaster. So, so Katie, as the idea that experience per se is good. Well, you know what? Like Delon has experience as being bad. (laughs) Cuomo has experience of being bad. Why not like give a chance to people who aren't corrupt? who don't have ulterior motives, who um, haven't made deals with the devil, and who are part of this, you know, newer kind of, you know, everyone loves criticizing the Ocasio. It's like this new thing to do. But look, the truth is there's a significant difference. Everyone, there's a, people are politicians, right? No one is going to be a totally pure, except for Bernie Sanders, just kidding. No one's going to be totally pure uh, as a politician. But there is a substantial difference between someone like Ocasio and someone like Crowley. And yeah. look, you see this in the discourse. This is changing stuff. Demanding the abolition of ICE, it's not just a mantra now. It's actually something that people are getting behind. We saw this with single payer with Sanders, and then it was uh, repeated, of course, by um, Ocasio-Cortez. But this, we see this time and time again, this like naysaying conventional wisdom 
that says, oh, it's a great idea. It's just not practical. It's a great idea. It's just never going to happen. It's a great idea, but good luck passing it under Trump. We know historically what happens is you make an idea appealing and mainstream. You shift the Overton window. You shift the norms. It no longer is acceptable to not support the thing, whether it's single, whether it's single payer or same-sex marriage. And then when you do have a Democrat, um, you get it passed. Or you, depending on the issue and depending on the Republican, you pass it through a Republican. But this whole idea that we need to wait to change norms and mores until we have a Democrat, until we don't have Donald Trump, is absurd. Because historically, that's not how it happens. You do the groundwork, you do the prep work first to make the idea palatable and mainstream. But also, it's so it's especially stupid because that's how one of the ways that we get people to vote against Trump is by offering these things. Yeah. Well, anyway, on that point, I still yeah. On that point, as these issues become more popular and as politicians don't run away from them but start embracing them, and as socialism itself gains popularity, DSA at fifty thousand members, things like that, and gets good press coverage, and you see other politicians like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez getting elected on these sort of platforms, all that's a net positive for for politicians to embrace them. But there is uh, uh, concerns that of co-optation and people right. speaking in certain languages, but not actually sure. believing it. And uh, here we have, you know, we talked about Julia Salazar and about how her, her, her journey has authentic. She put in the work, has done all this stuff. We know Cynthia Nixon's an activist, but... Right. She she's recently been calling herself a socialist. That's yeah. that's something that's new. We know that when she started her campaign, she had kind of a screw up attacking transit uh, worker right. unions. And she even like as recently as the debate talked about how she wouldn't run if Michael Bloomberg was in office. Right. And to be well, fair. Yeah. Sorry. Keep I mean, like that that comment in itself should be troubling. Consider, I mean, Andrew Cuomo is terrible, uh, but Bloomberg is a, is a corporatist. Ter- would have been a terrible governor too. So, uh, I, are, be, should we be concerned that that she's 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 trying to co-opt a this neo-lib and socialist clothing? Yeah, um, even even if Cuomo is worse, right? It, that it's not even about worse. I, I what I took away from that was, um, oh God, Cuomo had so many Freudian slips. He said we need a Republican Senate. By the way, I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, but he maybe he it was a small R Republican as opposed yeah, to a right. constitutional monarchist civil war style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, he. Um, oh, what, what I he's the one who said that um, he said you supported Bloomberg and she said, no, I said I wouldn't run against him because he wasn't corrupt. And he goes, well, then he would be governor. Um, then he wouldn't be gov. Then he wouldn't be governor or something. Basically, he didn't realize it, but he was basically saying like, if you if you ran against him, you defeat him, yeah. which is interesting. But no, I think her point was that Cuomo is more kind of textbook corrupt. I think that he's maybe more vulnerable to certain attacks on that level. I want to be. I don't know enough about honestly Bloomberg versus Cuomo. I know Bloomberg's politics suck. From what I can tell, he's kind of more. Um, He's less like, partly because he's such a, he's so rich. I don't think he had to be as, he just has really bad politics. I don't think he's as much of a power broker as Cuomo, but I could be wrong. That was my sense of it. But my sense of it wasn't that she was making a judgment on the political differences as much as the corruption. In fact, that's what she said during the debate. She said, no, because he's, I don't, she doesn't, she didn't support him. But I think she just thinks that Cuomo is more vulnerable on the corruption issue. Like, to be fair, 
one of Cuomo's issues is that he was empowered uh, the IDC, which is this like breakaway group of Democrats who would vote with Republicans on stuff. Yeah. And, you know, if Bloomberg did that, that wouldn't be corrupt or kind of uh, Bloomberg is a Republican. I mean, he's Republican light. Right. But like that's just an example of how they're. Bloomberg could just say what he was and it wasn't uh, there wasn't really I mean, he was a fake and a phony also. And he pretended to walk to to work and stuff. But um, anyway, the point is, OK, so but back to your original question, um, I yeah. think I, I totally get what you're saying. And I was actually talking about that a little bit on a more selfish personal level earlier about the OG socialist feeling. Right. Like, oh, well, welcome to the party. You're yeah, that's why I asked you the question. Yeah. You're, you're an authority but, on this sort of yeah, stuff. Exactly. Right. But um. I would rather people be faking it in that direction, if that makes sense. And I want to say, I don't think that Nixon is totally faking it at all. I think that politicians are pragmatists. And I think that, you know, like you get credit for saying you're a socialist before it was a cool, but I also get why people would say it after it's, it's more um, politically safe to do it. I think she probably had a political evolution herself. Um, she was a Hillary supporter. Um, Again, this is a space of healing and forgiveness, and, and that's okay, um, uh, kind of. Just kidding. Uh, I think she, though, had a political evolution. And I, I do think that it's like, again, of course we have to be vigilant and make sure people don't just pay lip service. But I do think even paying lip service to something helps shift the, the norms. Um, yep. So I guess my answer is like yes and yes and so – I think in general it's a net positive. I think we have to be vigilant. I would rather people run that way. Um, the danger, of course, is, as like you were saying, co-opting, right? Now, I think that we've seen, like what we've seen with certain neoliberal uh, co-opting of, of issues is different because that really is kind of a policy issue where they really present economic justice as um, contradicting racial justice and gender justice. And that's different, right? That's like an actual ideological formulation that they're presenting. I think when you're when you're just paying lip service, that's not as bad, and it leaves room for actually following up, like walk. Uh, what's the word? Walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Yeah, I think that that's, may have been I think very, that's the term. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I guess we'll see how all this shakes out next week. We'll have to bring you back on afterward oh, and to, to de that, debrief us. Yeah, I should do some live coverage. Um, from like my my corner. Do we'll um, watch. One thing that I wanted to say is that it was amazing watching the tweets about uh, Cynthia Nixon, the kind of official rapid response from this woman Liz Smith, um, who is uh, used to work for De Blasio, now works for Cuomo, and she's a spokeswoman and rapid response person, and she was so tacky and talking, calling Cynthia Nixon unhinged, and um, launching such sexist attacks. And it was so obvious that she was doing that. Another uh, Cuomo spokeswoman was doing that um, in like with the media responding to it. And, you know, they their biggest attack on her is that she's an actress. Like they, they think they get a lot of comedic leverage out of that. They're like, you'd think an actress would be able to perform better. Like, OK, we get it. We know she's an actress. <laughs> but um, the attacks were really sexist. And uh, it was it was like there was a lot of projection going on. And I thought she was amazing. I like I really liked her during the debate, I have to say. Um, and she had, uh, she had one stupid line about Russia, but other than that, uh, well, she, 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 she did she a pretty like, good job. Back, she's like, you back down to Trump faster than, about as well as he backs, um, 
like you you stood up to him a bit as well as he stands up to Putin. Is yeah. that the one? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, let's not pre- let's pretend. But that's yeah, him. other than that, I agree. She other did good. That, yeah. She did a good job. Katie, where can people find your content? Uh, that sounded like a like you were. Uh, I don't know what that sounded like. It didn't sound like a. <laughs> what did it sound like? There was something like, God damn it. Um, okay, <laughs> they can find my content at uh, Katie Help uh, at Katie. Okay, on Twitter. I'm KT Helps. That's letter K, letter T, H A L P S. Again, that's letter K, letter T, H A L P S. Um, I'm uh, my podcast, The Katie Helper Show, is on SoundCloud. It's on iTunes. If you go to Patreon.com/slash The Katie Helper Show, if you support my show as the Sams do, I support their show on Patreon too. Of course, you can find bonus content. This week, I uh, interviewed Julia Salazar, and the bonus content is actually she's uh, response to the Michigas smears. Um, and uh facebook also and uh i think that's about it um i write too online i you know i write for places like the nation and uh i'm doing a, a portfolio a profile of julia salazar for teen vogue so that'll mm. come out how about that yeah. talking to the teens yeah yeah exactly all right uh, Kate- telling them to stay in school <laughs> mistake katie helper yeah. thank you so much, so much for guys. coming on the yeah. show thanks a lot Thanks again to Katie Halper. Shout out to our sponsors, the Congressional Dish Podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. Another sponsor, levelnews.org. Be sure to subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel, so you can listen and watch our daily newscast, District Sentinel Radio, newscast of record for the left. It's patreon.com slash District Sentinel. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be. 